Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now, it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Jeannie, coming in hot with the first guest of the season. Boom. <laughs> Excellent. And this is a good one. We're starting it. We're starting with a with a boom. I'm gonna say with a boom, exactly. Now, Jeannie, you know there is a lot of debate, uh, and I don't know why there's a lot of debate, but there tends to be a lot of debate about customer experience and customer service. I personally thought this was quote unquote settled science a long time ago. But what side do you come down on, Jeannie? I'm gonna give you a false <laughs> choice. You have to choose. <laughs> I have to choose between customer experience and customer service. You only get one. Mm, I, well, you know I'm gonna say CX. That's my thing, right? Well, actually, that's the it's a trick question because you have to choose CX because CX includes the other one, so yes. you win. You see, Yay! I, I'm helping you out here, Jenny. I'm helping. I'm helping you play the game. It's uh, a brand new season, and you're letting me win. That's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> Emphasis on letting you. That's the cool. That's the key part. <laughs> nice, uh, nice. But you know, it's it's true though because uh, you know there's there's still this like strain of thought out there that I, it, it's it's uh, and I do mean strain, not train. Um, that is uh, really. You know, sort of like customer service doesn't matter anymore. Customer service mm -hmm. is just this sort of old-fashioned notion. But it is an essential part of customer experience. And I would argue, in many cases, uh, and probably the majority of cases, the most important part as far as creating moments of emotional resonance that define experience. Mm. Uh, and our guest today has a lot to say about customer services role in the customer experience. Brad, we are so happy to have you here on Crack the Customer Code. Thank you for being here and welcome. Thank you, Jeannie. It's such a privilege to be with you. Thank you. And hi, Adam. Great to, great to be with you both. Oh, hey, Brad. So glad to have you. And, you know, let's jump right in because there are so many books on customer experience now. And you have one. So <laughs> what inspired you to write this one? And particularly right. now, right? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. It was actually due. Um, the The first edition was due. The first iteration was due right in the middle of a pandemic, and we got with the publisher and decided we would postpone it a bit. And I'm so glad we did because it's really um, focused on principles versus some of the case studies we had. But but I set out to write a book that lays out customer experience just step by step. My goal is that anyone can read it and understand what customer experience is and have a guide on how to put it into practice. So if you're new to customer experience, it, it's a guide you can use. If you're experienced, um, you, you've got a chance to take an inventory of where you're at and areas of opportunity for your organization. 
And you're right, Adam. There, there are a ton of books out there. I, I want this one to be a compliment to them. You know, many are focused on key themes that are important and others are case studies. And, you know, it's great to know what Amazon or Emirates Airways or others are doing. But I want this book to be a guide that brings focus to your decisions and priorities, what, what's right for your brand and, and your customers. I love that because it is a nuanced world we live in, <laughs> to, yeah. put it, to put it mildly. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, when we talk about successful customer experience and specifically around these initiatives that brands and organizations are taking on, what are some of those barriers that you see to those initiatives being successful? What are some of those, the biggest barriers that you see? Well, that's a great question. And- I think I, if I had to boil it down, there's two big overarching mistakes that I see. And one is building an approach around your organization's goals and ambitions. Um, and a quick story on that. I, I remember sitting at the back of a large meeting room um, with an organization. I was a speaker that morning and they were launching that afternoon. They're launching a customer experience initiative to a cross section of company employees. This was in person. It was just before COVID shut things down. And two presenters who were part of this initiative were walking through an overview and it was 75 minutes and, you know, a bunch of, bunch of slides and they're going through terms, you know, CX and NPS and CSAT. And um, after the presentation, I, I'm sitting near the back of the room. So I'm first out the door for, for a coffee break. And I overheard two people um, who were heading for, for one of the coffee stations talking to each other. One, one leaned over and, and asked, did you get all of that? And the other replied, not much. And we're up to our eyeballs. I just hope it doesn't have much work. And I'm thinking, oh, no. You know, they, they missed the chance to win hearts and loyalties. Mm-hmm. Can, can you picture you know, Richard Branson or Emily Weiss or Elon Musk or you know, any, any business leader you admire who launches a new initiative around net promoter score? You know, it never happened. Or, or digital transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things are important. They have a place, but focus on what matters. You know, how are we going to make a dent in the world? How, how are we going to improve our customers' lives? So um, we, we, we've got to get away from, you know, digital transformation and, and internal metrics and those sorts of things as, as the end all. They're, they're supporting objectives. The other common mistake um, I see a lot is, is sub-optimization, you know, letting good work in functional areas undermine an overall effort. Without deliberate intervention, departments just don't naturally work well across these lines. So mm-hmm. marketing's focused on response and product development on features and customer service is focused on interactions. And, and you know, being focused on customers within a silo doesn't fix the most exasperating barriers to good experiences. <laughs> you know, great, great experiences happen by design. And um, Jeannie, some of your you know, LinkedIn learning courses are terrific on this. You know, design it front to back with the customer in mind. And that's, that's what we've got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the way you bring up how some of these terms, too, that we all throw around. Um, aren't really known by everybody. And sometimes I think when when those of us who kind of live and breathe customer experience, it feels like it's everywhere, right? Like you're just like, it's so obvious. Right. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> and we have to remember that we're introducing like, a, it's almost like you're introducing a management theory to people who have never heard it before. And so really backing up and talking about those fundamentals that you're talking about of how do we really change a customer's life? It's so vital and it's something that's overlooked a lot. So I love that you brought that up. 
Yeah, you know, so you're and you're so right. These these terms become second nature, and I feel, and this is a bit contrarian, but that really the success of the customer experience movement. You know, every organization is talking about it. Most feel like they're doing it, um, but but. <laughs> It's become professional with lots of credentials and, and uh, there, there are university programs now. All of that's terrific. Um, not to get me wrong on this at all, but that can almost drive some people away. Like, well, I'm, I, I'm just not qualified. And mm-hmm. we need everybody. We need everybody in the organization to know what it is, know their role, know how important their insight is. It's, it's far too important to leave to the professionals. <laughs> exactly. That's well, and, you know, I, and I think that's an important uh, distinction to make, which is, you know, th- there is a practice, right? There is a discipline to it. There is a science to it. There is also some art, um, but it is a holistic initiative or not initiative. It's a holistic approach and a holistic strategy. And everyone has to feel a part of it for it to work. So mm-hmm. when you when you put up the barriers and you start throwing around the acronyms and I know every everybody in elementary school wanted to maximize their promoters. This is what we all wanted to be. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, and, and you know that you, you end up putting up these barriers. And I think, you know, just even talking about customer service and customer experience, you know, we look at customer service as a part of the broader customer experience. And I think this is something I want to talk to you about, Brad, um, because you and I are both big fans of customer service. Uh, in fact, I, I'm going to I'm going to get a little, uh, I don't know, uh, aggressive here. I want to tell you my le- probably my least favorite quote in this space is that uh, customer service is the result of a failure in customer experience. That is yeah. true many times, but it is definitely not true a lot. And yeah. you believe, uh, I know you said that there's often untapped potential in customer service. So let, let's explore that because I, I, you know, I think customer service can be one of the most powerful parts of the experience. Yeah, boy, I agree. Um, you know, a good a good way to think about this, or at least it, it's helpful to me, is service can create value on three levels. So the first is efficiency, you know, prevent all you can, automate where you can, where that makes sense, have, you know, the, the people you need where you need, you know, that level of skill and, and capability. So be efficient. Second level is customer satisfaction and, and loyalty. And there's so much opportunity there. Um, when an interaction happens, um, how do customer, if we were to survey a customer before and after that, that interaction, how do they feel about it? So there's that whole, you know, your book, Adam, be, be your customer's hero. That's just a wealth of resources um, on, on, on how to turn customers around and, and create even more loyalty than before they had an issue, if that's the case. But a third level is strategic, cross-functional value. And that's where, you know, customer experience really can, can live or die in the trenches. And I don't know if we've got time for a two minute story. I'll give you an example of that. Yeah. Oh, please. So, absolutely. So we, and we, we talk about strategic value and cross-functional value and it, it, it you know, what, what do we mean by that? I, I um, did some work for a company that provides business software packages a while back. Um, and they're, they're very focused on customer experience. They do a great job. And they had us come in and do some workshops. And so beforehand, I always try to spend some time with employees and get a sense of their culture in different areas and, and overall. And one of the areas I spent time with was their support center, the, the area that provides technical support. 
So their, um, their director, um, super welcoming, gave me a little tour and she said, I got one thing I'm, I'm really grappling with. Most of our reps have an average handling time of 10 to 12 minutes. And one of our tech support reps has an average handling time of over 20 minutes. You know, is, is that normal? We want to ensure our customers have a good experience, but should there be any kind of limit to, to what that means? Um, and you know, I, I don't know was the answer at, at, at that point, but <laughs> I spent some time that afternoon listening to, to calls and one employee had a, a printed emails from, from customers tacked to his cubicle walls. I mean, dozens of them, you know, thanks so much for the awesome service and you helped us get unstuck and then some wrote another news and, and you can guess who had the, the long handling time. Mm-hmm. And one of his colleagues whispered to me, you know, kind of took me aside later and said, you know, he's, he's a bit of a braggart. Um, I helped twice as many customers in a day. So they had this simmering issue. As, as focused as they were, what is customer service? What should it look like? And, you know, what what should our numbers look like? And when I spoke to the rep in question, he, he, it was so clear. He loves his work. You know, he just wanted to deliver an outstanding experience. So back to their director's office that afternoon, you know, what, what should I do? And, and she took an approach that was very, very wise. Um, she put a, a little team together, cross-functional team, and put them in a conference room and that the, the rep with the long handling time was was a part of this team handling time wasn't the issue by the way that's just a clock but what are we really trying to do so she gave them i thought this was so great she gave them a stack of index cards and she said write each step in a support call a typical support call on a different card and just lay them out in order basically you're flow charting a support call and she returned a couple of hours later and cards were neatly arranged on this conference room table. And there were branches here and there reflecting different paths that a support interaction can take. And she's like, all right, what would you guys learn? And one employee who had a shorter handling time spoke up first. He said, well, I'm not, I'm not taking some steps that could minimize the chance for a repeat contact. And I, I've, I've learned that here. And, you know, I feel like we could make some adjustments. I, I could make some adjustments. The rep with the long handling time spoke up next. He says, well, clearly I'm walking customers through features that others aren't. Uh, But many will say, wow, I had no idea the software could do that. That is so cool and so helpful. And and I'm thinking now they're getting somewhere. Mm -hmm. So after a robust discussion, this rep and his peers determined he was going beyond technical support and providing really what was essentially in-person training. Uh, but you know, one one on one training, but customers need this information. They all agreed. So, so I I came back some months later for a follow up, and the enthusiasm was evident. The the handling times had all fallen into a a sensible range, somewhere in that ten to twelve minute range. And I, and I asked what what happened, and what they did was take what he was trying to do as an individual and create initiatives around that. So. They, they had product improvement initiatives. They had um, improvements to the knowledge base and user guides. They, they launched a customer community that was really cool, and they, the support center helped facilitate that. And I talked to the rep who, who had, had the long handling time. He's like, now we're working on things that help all of our customers, not just those who happen to contact us for, for support. So, you know, in so many cases, the hero of this story would have been the villain. You know, stricter controls need to be established, stick to support. You know, we coach the outliers into compliance. And that's where the creativity and, and humanity and, you know, joy, if you will, 
can drain from the operation and where we really miss the chance for service to really be that incredible support to customer experience. So, so make service your, your eyes and ears. Use it as a catalyst for cross-functional value. That, that's where the real leverage is. And I love how you uh, how you circled back to something you said, which is you know we're talking about this human part and um, you know people getting joy from the job and doing the job. What they ended up doing, you know, we're talking about pre-solving, right? Which is about the most efficient thing you can do in customer service is preventing a problem from happening in the first place. And what they did was take this individual who was sort of pre-solving issues in a lot of ways, and they went back to your first principle and they made it efficient. They scaled it. Right. They yeah. Said, let's pre-solve as let's pre-solve across the board as much as we can. That's right. How do we make it a process level issue, not a one-off sort of mm -hmm. thing? Yep. You know what I love about that example too is that one of the things we've talked about here on this podcast and elsewhere in our content is there there are some like uh, myths that can develop in contact centers in customer service organizations because all of a sudden people think well maybe it is best to be the one with the shortest hold or handle time, right? Like maybe that's what they're looking for here. And even though that was never expressed or documented, just the fact that they're tracking that sometimes creates this mythology. And then all of a sudden you've kind of lost touch with what are we really doing here? <laughs> that's and right. the example that you shared, I mean, one of the things that I have witnessed and consider a lot is that you know, a lot of customer service, especially calls, frankly, are for the people who, you know what, they, they used to know how to do that thing. They've just forgotten because it's been a while or they've got that new device and gosh, they, they thought they had it figured out. So it's not that anything broke down. It's that there's a human who has a need. And I think that's so important to connect with. And so, you know, I see this again and again with I mean, my, my son is kind of de facto <laughs> tech support for yes, grandparents yes <laughs> and, uh, and others. Um, but one of the things that his grandmother said to him not too long ago was, well, I call you because I need somebody who will be patient. And I thought, isn't that telling, right, wow. about, about her attitude about calling for support? So I think that's so important to just remember that even if something did quote unquote break down in the journey, a lot of times it's just the person has this need because of a variety of factors, because there's this whole world around that one person that we might not totally understand or be able to serve all the time. So having somebody to call is so important. So I love that story because it really does connect to that individual that you're serving at the end of all of that. Yeah, and I love the example you use, Jeannie. I mean, that there, there's so much opportunity in that. You know, we can build a brand on being there when we need to be there. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's so powerful, mm -hmm. the word of mouth that comes out of that. Yeah, I agree. Well, we the three of us could talk about this for a long time. And in fact, we do. So <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been a fantastic conversation. And one of the things that... You know, we're looking to the future all the time on this podcast. And this season, instead of talking about what will change, because there's been so much change in the last few years, I'm curious, when you think about customer experience in the future, what is something that you think will not change about customer experience? That's a fun question. You know, customer experience is true north. So for all of the changes swirling around customer exp experience can real can can still 
really guide us in the right direction. It's it's unifying. It provides clarity and focus. So I'm excited about the role customer experience is going to play in helping us make decisions as as we go forward. And and that's not going to change. And and maybe this is one too many. Uh, but the other thing that's not going to change is customers respond well when we design great experiences. You know mm-hmm. they'll 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 say wow thank you and they'll tell their friends and neighbors and we'll have the most powerful sales force that there is and that's our customers out there um, singing our praises and that's not going to change amen yep amen exactly that's (laughs) great brad thank you so much we really appreciate it It it's just fantastic talking with you please uh let everyone know uh, where they can find you how they can connect with you all that good stuff yeah, thank you. Such a privilege to, to, to be with you both. And I really enjoy the podcast. So keep up the great work. Um, and probably the easiest way to reach me is um, bradcleveland.com is my website. And there's a whole bunch of ways that we can connect from there, you know, LinkedIn or phone or email or whatever, whatever's easy. <laughs> thank you so much, Brad. This was a really fun conversation and congratulations on the book. It's great. Thanks so much. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, we have, I mean, this conversation, I think, is so important because there, sometimes I think we treat customer service like it's just a process, you know, like it's something we can go automate customer service. (laughs) There you go. And what we talk about in this discussion, which is so important, is about the humanity of it and how, you know, there is somebody who you're serving. And Brad does such a great job breaking that down. So I can't, I can't wait to share this with everybody. Should we go ahead and introduce everybody to Brad? Let's do it. All right. Well, our friend and yours now, Brad Cleveland, is known as one of today's foremost experts in customer strategy and management. He has worked across 45 states and 60 countries for clients as diverse as American Express, Apple, USAA, the University of California, and the federal governments of Australia, Canada, and the U.S. His books, articles, and LinkedIn learning courses have been translated into a dozen languages. Brad's two most recent books are Contact Center Management on Fast Forward, which is in the fourth edition, which won an Amazon.com bestselling award, and Leading the Customer Experience, which was selected a distinguished favorite in this year's NYC Big Book Awards. Brad was a founding partner and former CEO of the International Customer Management Institute and is today a sought-after speaker and consultant. You know, one thing I hope uh, people will take away from this uh, interview with Brad is, you know, we were talking about average handle time and the metrics and that whole story, but just because you don't have a call center, you know, just because you don't even necessarily have a dedicated customer experience team or customer service team, that principle still applies, right? Mm-hmm. Because it can apply if you're using NPS or CSAT or any a sales, any other metric. This um, idea of focusing on the numbers at the expense of the experience and trying to find a way to make the numbers useful to experience mm-hmm. and not something that is actually, you know, in um, in contradiction or is in an opposing pulling force against the customer experience. Yeah, and I think it's something that we have to keep talking about because there's this natural friction that happens in business with with this in a lot of different disciplines with business. Like once you start focusing too much on one number or once you start obsessing about one data point, you lose that perspective, that holistic view of what's happening. And I think in customer experience and 
what's happening in our industry, we really have to keep beating that drum because this it, it's all about the holistic with what we do. And I think Brad's book spe specifically really addresses that. So hurry up and grab Brad's book out there. There you go. Yeah, there you go. No, 100%. And, you know, there's just a natural human tendency. Having a one number is just easy. We can all yep. wrap our heads around it. It's just simple to default to. It's simple to manage. Uh, it's just not what's the most effective. And it's not what's going to give you, you know, enable you to use customer experience to cr create competitive advantage and you know, mm -hmm. create long-term results. So that's my two cents, Jeannie. And that's Brad's two cents. And that's your three cents. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know who I, I gave, offers gave you extra. Even... Oh, thank you. But you know who gets even more? You know who gets five cents? Our listeners. Our listeners. That's exactly oh. right. Thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can find me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam DePork, and you can find me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.